here, there, and everywhere. Yeah. SAFM 107 FM in Kruenstadt. Bridget Masinga on the art of everything. Lebukhang Khanya joins me on the line right now. How are you doing this Friday evening, Lebukhang? I'm good, and how are you? Oh, I'm fantastic. You sound really good, very upbeat. <laughs> <laughs> Many exciting things happening. Oh, that is always a beautiful thing, always a beautiful thing, especially in the lives of creatives. Uh, I mean, you are an exceptional voice within the uh, photography space. Um, and before we even get to where you are currently, just by way of introduction, um, I know that you started your photography journey at the uh, very, very famous market photo workshop, which has birthed so many a phenomenal creatives, particularly those within the photography industry. Um, and that was back in 2009. But before that, have you ever even picked up a camera? <laughs> I've never picked up a camera. I mean, I generally intend on studying photography. I'm not really sure how it happened. Really? <laughs> I knew I'd be a storyteller somehow. Mm. Um but it, you know, the journey was never really meant to to go in this direction. Yeah. Um, I wanted to be a writer, um, but I mean that still comes through in my work because a lot of it is inspired by literature. Yes, absolutely. Um, and I mean, you know, it's always interesting for 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 artists because uh, storytelling can take on various forms, and oftentimes maybe you see yourself in one way, and then the journey leads you somewhere else. Um, and for you, the journey has been absolutely phenomenal. I mean, you know, starting off 2009 at the Market Photo Workshop and then going on to obviously get your diploma at UJ um, and then your master's out at VIDS. Now, that must have been a rather daunting uh, task. I mean, I think when I studied photography, because I felt like I'd never, I'd never really chosen it. I felt mm. like it chose me. Mm. Um, and so studying fine arts a few years later really had a lot to do with that. Because after I completed my studies, I sort of went straight into the limelight. Um, mm. And, you know, Market Photoshop is sort of guilty of, of doing that. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, with a lot of the, the people that go through that space, um, it launches quite a lot of photography careers. Mm. Um, and and so that happened with me. And, you know, and I, I just had to take a step back and, and choose it and really look at what photography means in the world and um, what sort of visual arts from South Africa means in the world and what that means for me mm. and you know and whether they were still aligned to what I initially wanted to do, which was to be a writer and to be a storyteller. Mm. Um, and so I developed my voice um, in line with that so that you know I could still feel like I was still telling my story um and so the work that i create still has a lot to do with um with african literature which has really been at the core of my practice yeah yeah uh, and and that's the thing i i uh, came across an interview of yours um that i think you'd done in just recent years probably last year year before where you were talking about photography being you know the medium by which you tell your story um and what i found so interesting was that you you know you spoke about your work being a vehicle that you yourself have used to to trace back the heritage of your family and to locate your family, uh, you know, through history and, and of course, using your photography as a way of, of sort of uh, 
curating those tales of your ancestors? Yes, I mean, so that that part, I mean, my, my work has always been centered also on um, on memory and mm. aspects of memory um, and really looking at the relationship that memory has to fantasy and how memory just inherently has gaps and mm. how we fill those gaps with the imaginary. Um, and so this this element of um, of what we remember and how we remember it and how that's constantly shifting is yes. at the sense of my practice. Um, but also when I, you know, when my mom passed away, I was drawn to um, trying to locate my family in South Africa. And so I went on a journey of um, tracing my family throughout South Africa mm. and starting that with looking at the family name and how the name or the surname had changed over the years, mm. evolved, um, and the places that were part of, you know, the tracing of the family name um, mm. or where my family lived in different parts. Um, and, you know, looking at something that's also inherently South African, like the clan name, mm. um, and trying to then link that to language, which, again, is at the center of my practice, and looking at um, the names that sort of get left behind as people migrate and they move, um, and how na- um, clan names are part of how we... Um, keep our identity or how we record mm. our family history. Um, and so that's, you know, and so the last years, I think since 20, 2012, um, mm. I've basically been on the journey of um, of looking at my, my family history. I mean, it's obviously taken on many different directions. Mm. Um, you know, and over the years, I've sort of used many different mediums, be it video, be it photography or installation mm. um, and performative um, and also performance, mm. but it's taken on many, many different mediums, and you know it's gone in different directions. But that um, that's been at the center of it, you know, this trace of my family lineage. Um, but also, it's come, you know, with with a lot. I think just on a personal note, but also just how people connect with the work, because it's more than just my journey, but it's yes. really a journey that um, that I think everyone can can connect to it, um, where we. You know, where we try to trace back and try to, you know, try to understand who we are through this trace back um, mm. that sort of informs where we are. So it's it's the looking back to the past, but also looking to the future. So it is about also this, you know, this combined time period between yeah. the past, the present and the future. A, a connectivity of sorts. Um, I was actually going to ask you, Lebuhanguti, you know, for you from... Uh, a creative perspective and a personal perspective, you know, was the journey cathartic for you? Because obviously it was sparked by a traumatic event, the passing of your mom and and sort of the searching in part for answers and that connectivity um, and, and for relatability by way of, like we said, trying to just locate yourself within the lineage. Um, was, was it a has it been over the years because it's not over as well it's still going has it been a cathartic experience for you having that creative outlet and or has it left you with more questions than answers or maybe you know the answers have been satisfactory satisfactory from an introspective perspective I mean, it takes on different shapes. I think, um, you know, I, that's why I say that for me, I've I've come to terms with the fact that I, this um, the work that I do is really part of what I'm called to do. It's like mm. part of my purpose of being here on Earth, um, because I think it's allowed for 
for things beyond even what I can um, what I can comprehend in terms of just conversations within the family. Mm. Um, but also, you know, to a large degree, it's also allowed for for healing. Um, you know, and you know, and I think more more and more this conversation around healing is coming up for, for our generation. Mm. You know, and also what what does it really look like? It's like um, who's the healing for? Is it for me? Is it for the family? Um, and how is it healing? You know, mm. but also how 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 do you heal through through photography? Um, you know, and like how does art ther- how does art heal or like um, mm. things like art therapy? Um, so I don't I don't want to say that it's you can have you can have the answers as it is that it's a space that allows for me to to constantly stay in reflection mm. um you know and also to to allow the work to speak back to me so it's like i speak through my work but it's, it also speaks back to me mm. because there's also moments where i need to allow it to become what it needs to become mm. um you know it's like if i'm doing research um on say and what that means and what the history behind Khanya means mm. um, in terms of just reading, um, you know, looking at Sosoto, looking at Sosolo, um, looking at it from the English perspective um, and then looking at, you know, Diretto, for example. Um, and, you know, things that sort of come up for me and then things that I think in the moment I'm, I'm not able to even tap into. Um, but, it, you know, there's that constant, you know, so that's sort of going back and forth in the conversation that I'm having with myself or with the work as I'm creating it. And it's been a journey of almost 10 years now. Mm. Um, and it keeps on taking a different different shape. So that's why I feel like it's really work that I'm, that I'm called to do because even when I step away from it, <laughs> somehow I, I return to it. So it's not that that's the only work yes. that I do, but I, I somehow keep returning to it. Um, you know, and so I feel like, you know, it will somehow maybe conclude itself, I'm not sure when or how, um, or if it'll just keep on happening in, in these sort of different different ways. Yeah. Um, because I think that it's a journey beyond myself. You oh, know? absolutely. Um, so, yeah. Absolutely. Um, and I mean, you know, I always say that as Africans, our stories are really interconnected. You know, mm-hmm. we, we shared we share similar paths and so many things. And even if you just look at our political history, which oftentimes your work also explores the greater disposition of the black bodies, uh, black society, uh, in contrast with just the injustices that have often been laid upon us, those things even on a micro level, on a household level, these are all stories that are intrinsically South African, but also intrinsically African. Uh, It doesn't matter where you go on the continent, we have this connectivity that we can't escape. And so your work then resonates with with not just yourself, you write, but with, with audiences that have the pleasure of being able to take it in and engage with it. I mean, definitely. It's like, you know, the work ultimately it also starts with looking at my family photo album, mm. um, and you know, and so for me, it's also how the the family photo album has also been been a space for families to create almost like you know, like must be that in like children's books, mm. like Masnavantuan, and we identify with certain characters. You're like, I mean, I'm this character, I'm this character, and. So the photo album for me at this point, looking at that, the family mm. photo album, it really was a space for many of our, our parents and our grandparents to imagine themselves as these characters because mm. 
that was not how they looked on a day-to-day. It's like, you know, these images that have come to live a lot of our parents weren't necessarily the sort of day-to-day reality because mm. most of them have cameras, okay? But they dressed in very specific ways, presented themselves in very specific ways. Mm. Um, you know, and so it also became a space for um, for the imaginary. It became a space for them to also perform these roles, even if it was roles that they wished uh, or characters that they wished to be. Mm. Um, and so, you know, the, the Family Photo Album also became a space for like a sort of staging mm. um, because there isn't a single photograph of my mother, for example, as a factory worker. Mm-hmm. But she worked as that since she was 21 years old. But all of these photographs that sort of outlived her are like photographs of her dressed in a very specific, very pristine way, mm. um, you know, but not necessarily the photographs of her reality. Wow. So, so now I'm wondering, as you say this, because, you know, there's always that every so often there's that meme that pops up in uh, in our generation that now lives in social media that, that goes around saying, uh, you know, we are probably the unhappiest generation presenting as the most polished and our kids will see a bunch of well-presented smiley people who were actually very depressed or were going through the most but what we've archived and what we've curated by way of visual representation doesn't really encompass our clear reality of our lived I mean, experience that's photography and that's really photography in general mm. um i don't i think that, you know, the I think what we also don't recognize is that, you know, for, um, that, the that, for example, the family photo album was a, also a very curated space. Yeah. Um, it just was not as um, as overloaded mm. as, um, as, you know, our sort of social media profiles with all of these images. Also, it had a lot to do with access. So the access that we have to... To, to sort of image processing or production is not what they had. So, mm. you know, so it's not, so it also wasn't that the family photo album was presenting realities, you know, but it also to a large degree was a space for fantasy, mm. um, as is our sort of Instagram profiles um, and, you know, our sort of socials. So it's not, it's actually not so different. It's just a matter of access and also who has access to it and mm. who the audience is. You know, because, you know, with the Family Photo album, the access to it um, and who sort of sees it is, you know, it's, it's so it's quite niche. You mm. know, it's your, it's your people and the people that get to eventually stay with it yeah. um, or the, the people that get left behind with it um, versus, you know, um, the sort of social media space where it's people that don't even know you. Um, you know, and so I think that that's, that's really the difference. But both of them are spaces really for the sort of, for the imaginary, for us to sort of present um, the ideal selves. Yeah. Uh, we are hanging out with a photographer and, of course, a visual creator, Lebuhang uh, Kanye, who's, uh, Kanye, who's uh, joining me on the line. Look at me saying Kanye. Um, <laughs> He's still a creative genius, you know. Uh, we're hanging out on the line with her this Friday evening. Uh, we just had a bit of a gremlin there in our system. Um, and I know that, Lebuhang, I mean, you've got a complete list of accolades you know surrounding your name like we said earlier on that the 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 market photo workshop tends to propel 
talent in, in that regard and puts them in the spotlight because also it tends to intake really talented individuals. Um, but currently you are the 16th winner of the, is it the Foam Paul Award? I mean, it sounds rather fancy. Tell me a little bit more about this one. Um, I mean, it really, it came at a moment when I wasn't expecting it. So yeah. last year was quite a quite an interesting year. <laughs> um, you know, I think that from last year to this year, it's really been, um, this is really a moment where it's like a highlight mm. of, of my of my career. So this award, I wasn't expecting it, was, it was a nomination. Mm. Um, and, you know, it's not like you, you are the only person that gets nominated. Um, so you get notified and then, you know, there's still like a, an entire process. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know the chances of that are like one to I don't know fifty. No, um, it's actually and... one to a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you know I'm being I'm being generous. <laughs> um, so so when I received it, I, I genuinely was was not expecting it. Um, you know, and also because genuinely they there are many photographers that are that are that are amazing that have really unique signatures and sometimes my work sort of sits outside of the traditional photography space mm. um and you know and it could it can take a lot to sort of really you know understand what 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 i'm saying if, mm. if you if you want sort of traditional photography um so it's 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 an honor to to sort of recognize that you know my my photography language is being received in these in these sorts of ways, um, you know, because a large a list of the the photographers that have received it, the fifteen photographers prior mm. to me, because um, it was established in two thousand and seven, mm. are photographers that I really respect. Um, and you know, to to sort of be one of the three South Africans that have received it in the, these sixteen years mm. um, is incredible. And so I'm extremely extremely honoured. Yeah, I mean, it reads like really the creme de la creme of photography awards, uh, the uh, Foam Paul Huff Award, 100 nominees selected by 23 nominators from 21 countries. So you really rose to the cream of the crop right there. Um, no small feat at all. But you also have the, the Viennese uh, BNL coming through. You're going to be one of the three representing South Africa. That's always a beautiful platform for creatives to be involved and be a part of. I mean, I think also mainly because the I think this year is the, is the first time where it's three artists that use the photography medium but mm. also use it in extremely experimental ways um and that's why it's exciting for me i think that for the longest time i've rejected the <laughs> the title um photographer um you know because you know because south africa has also had a very specific um understanding of, mm. of photography which is again linked to photojournalism um, yes. and the sort of images that were um, opposing apartheid um, you know and so it, it also comes from a very specific um, type of imagery around photography mm. um, which has been extremely powerful but I've never you know I've never fitted in with that sort of imagery around photography mm. um, and you know and sort of also surveillance so it's also a very specific um, specific term in the South African context, which is quite different from, you know, the sort of West or the European context. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, and so at this point, I think I embrace it, you know, because I think that I feel embraced um, mm. 
in terms of how I, my, the way that I visualize or think through photography, um, even as a South African um, black female photographer and mm-hmm. how that's been embraced. Mm. I, I definitely, now that I know the name, I'm definitely going to be looking out for it because I must say, you know, when you when you just mentioned just now about, uh, you know, South Africa looking at photography and photographers from a very specific lens, I must mm. admit in recent years, focusing on arts and culture and visual arts specifically, I have often found myself also uh, not really engaging with photography and not really understanding um, and almost questioning my own sensibilities and my own smarts. Like, mm-hmm. am I taking it in in the way that it was intended? Um, you know, am I engaging with it in the way that it was, or am I not understanding it? And I've often, and, you know, I'm ashamed to say that, that this, that I've often walked away out of fear of, I don't think I'm knowledgeable enough as yet to give it the kind of understanding that it requires i mean it's it's also not i don't think that it's a stance that you should be taking i think that you you know i think with the arts you also have to you have to connect with the work mm. you know it's like you you can know the backstory but you still have to connect with the work mm. and you also can't force yourself it's like even when you know the backstory yeah <laughs> you still have to feel a certain connection with the work and I suppose that that's also been um, been a fear, I think, on my end. It's like because it's also been so easy for people to connect with um, the series, my series Kilefalaka, which mm. is about my mother, um, because it's, it's you know it's a sort of it's something that we can all connect to about loss. Yeah. Um, that you know that with other works, it was like, is it because those are a bit more around um, sort of the concept, and you know, and it's not. You know, it's not about um, a sort of that sort of vulnerability and that sort of emotional connection that mm. people can have. Um, you know, that I don't. So that's always been the fear. It's like, will people understand the work as much as they've connected to the previous work mm. um, because of that sort of emotive side to it? Um, you know, and I also then you also have to let let it be, let the work live in the way that it, it decides to live. Mm, true. <laughs> you know, so it's not about whether people understand photography or don't understand photography. It's also about the fact that people, you know, have to connect with the work. It's like even when you read about it, do you connect with what the work is about, or do you connect with it visually? Mm, mm. Lebohang, let's leave it there. Uh, it's been such a delight getting to know you. Uh, and I'll definitely be keeping my eye out at the next photography uh, exhibitions and auctions that happen. I think uh, Hang, you know, she downplays it. But if you Google her name, she really is a very big deal in the world of photography. Um, so if you got the extra coins, this might be a name that you want to invest and collect in now before she starts charging us in dollars and in pounds. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. You must have a glorious weekend. You too. And I hope we speak again soon. Oh, no, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, that was uh, Lebu Hang, photographer and creator. Uh, Lebu Hang, uh, you can actually see her 
on social media. She does have a presence rather online. Lebuhang Khanye on .co.za. And get this, by the way, I'm not joking. She really is a formidable deal in the world of photography and the creative space. She is part of the Carnegie Museum of Art out in Pennsylvania. Um, and part of her work forms a part of many uh, private as well as public collections around the world. One of those including the uh, Walter collection as well. She's got a lot of international accolades. Definitely a photography name that we all must remember. It's just gone quarter to 10 o'clock in the final.